You are listening to Rotten to the Score. Hello, this is Rotten to the Score, where we discuss a movie below 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, deeming it rotten on the tomato meter. We review said movie and give a score above or below 60%, therefore determining if it's rotten to the core or rotten no more. I'm your co-host, Drayton Williams, and this is my other co-host, Jack Smith. Jack, how in the freaking hell are you doing? Dude, it is crazy to be here. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It is wild to be doing this. We've been talking about this for probably, I mean, we've been like hitting it around for probably three or four months. We've been slapping it around for about three or four months and we're finally here. Yeah, dude. And here we are. Um, In all seriousness. In all seriousness. What are we talking about today, Drake? All right. Hey, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what we're talking about. This podcast, basically what we're going to be doing each week, we're going to choose a movie uh, that we review and watch separately. And this week, I chose 2001's The Princess Diaries. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, you, okay. So, Drayton picks this movie. So, we're talking about this podcast. We're saying, how do we get a good start? And he's like, Princess Diaries. And I think to myself, oh, I love The Princess Diaries. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing I think of. I look at the score. It's 43%. I'm like, crazy. Talk to my mom about it. And she's like, oh, you're thinking of The Princess Bride from, like, the 80s. Which is a good movie. Great movie. Fucking great. Movie. Amazing movie. Yeah. Life-changing. Yeah, life-changing. And then I really like dug into what The Princess Diaries was all about. Because mm-hmm. I had heard about it. Yeah. And um, I'll be honest with you. I completely missed the boat on this. Apparently for a lot of people, it's like their childhood. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't even tell you who was in it prior to this watch. Okay, so basically the reason that I chose this movie is because... A lot of people like it, yeah. and I remember not liking it, and I wanted to cause chaos. It also, could I mean, it's a Disney movie. There's a level of, like, nostalgia there. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this thing has, like, aged well. Maybe it's, like, a cult yeah. classic. Obviously, people, like, follow this thing all the time. But, you know, jumped into it, have a lot of thoughts on it. Why would we be making a podcast... Um, about a movie that we didn't have a lot of thoughts on. That's what I was thinking. I was having the same conversation earlier. I was like, man, what if I just didn't have thoughts on this right this now? Is, this is the podcast where we uh, talk about a movie that we really liked, and at the end of it, uh, it's going to take 13 minutes, and we're going to say, I like that movie, and then Jack's going to say, I also like that movie, and, and then, then we, it's going to be the end of the podcast. Sometimes we even like throw in a high five. We, we, throw, we throw in a couple of high fives if we're being crazy. Oh. I'm, I'm going to go over some logistics. Is that, what, is that what you would call it, logistics? I would say so. Yeah. All right. 2001's The Princess Diaries was directed by Gary Marshall, who also directed Pretty Woman, Runaway Bride, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, and then also New Year's Eve. So we, we just fucking hitting all of the holidays. I've been looking into him. Like, I, I did a little research on him. Okay. My man Gary, by the way, gets his start when, like, television starts. So, like, oh. he starts writing on the Dick Van Dyke show and Hello, Lucy. It's Hello, Lucy, right? Like, good. Hello, Lucy? Am I making this up? Dude, I think you're making it up. Dude, no. No, it... No. Oh, it's not Hello, Lucy? I don't think it's Hello, Lucy. Damn. What's the Lucy show? 
I think it was called, hey, this is fucking Lucy. Whatever. He's a writer on the Dick Van Dyke show. Okay. <laughs> which starts in, like, I mean, this is, like, right when television becomes a thing. Yeah. So he's, like, this is the this guy. Like, that's his worldview. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. So going into this movie, it is the Lucy show, by the way. For some reason, I feel like Hello, Lucy is a thing. Yeah, this is, I'm starting to like make shit up. But I, I think I, I just like went through like a Mandela effect completely. Anyway, so he is like doing that. He's doing like Laverne and Shirley stuff. Like he's like early, early on. So he's born in 1934. Wow. And so he is going to take up the, the role. This guy, born in 1934, trying to capture the worldview of a 15-year-old girl living in San Francisco. That explains a lot. Yeah, it changes everything, doesn't that it? That explains so much. Oh, my gosh. Because the whole time, it's one of those common movies that we see all the time where high school just filled with tropes. And it's just trope upon trope. And I was just like, this is crazy that someone thinks high school is like this. And in what, the four fifties? Yeah. High school probably was like that. 100%. There's literally at one point, we'll get into it later, but there's one point where they're in they're in band hall and they're oh, dancing, they're dancing yeah, yeah, yeah. to like jazz music, like grinding to jazz music. Like, and I was like, what was the reason for this? It just shocks me. He seems like he's very well decorated. Rest in peace, by the way. Oh. Yeah. He's dead now. He died in 2016. <laughs> um, oh, it's, Yo, it is, he has a legendary career. I mean, he worked on a lot. And he also was an actor. Crazy. Oh, wow. Born in the Bronx. I From the Bronx. Bronx. Dude, that's probably why... We, you know, we're not going to get into it. We're not going to get into it just yet. Yeah, no. We're not going to get into it just yet. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We're not going to cover all of it. All right. Let me, let me get into the actors and actresses in this movie. All right. So starring Anne Hathaway, Julie Andrews, Mandy Moore, Heather Matazzaro, uh, Robert Schwartzman, our favorite actor of all time. Uh, oh, and Sandra O. Oh. Sandra O oh from uh, Grey's. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, yeah. And she's also in Turning Red. And she played and she played these like one of the smallest parts. And she I would say she killed it. Um Oh yeah. I think she killed it. I don't think I ever I don't think I talk about her in this. I think she killed it. All right. So this movie was also filmed in San Francisco in just four months. Is that, that real? What? Four months? Four months. They recorded this movie in four months. I mean, they kind of just shot it. They shot it like it seems like Dude. maybe like f- like four square miles. Like they like went to the beach. They went to her house. They went to high school. Yeah. They went to that one other, the, that other house. So I don't think that there was a whole lot of bebopping around for them to do. Not a lot of flying or anything. Um, but it was recorded in the year 2000 on a budget of $26 million and gaining $165.3 million in the box office. Dude, that's like a smash hit. That is fucking insane. That's so... That is insane. It hurts my... We're going to get into it, why that hurts all over me. As someone who, like, considers himself a little creative in places, to know that you could just write this and, like... How many? How much money? 165.3 million yeah it's just ridiculous yeah um but as we all know this movie is a rotten movie it is so it's below 60 percent on rotten tomatoes so what exactly was the score on the tomato meter 
I'll tell you. Thanks for asking, Jack. Yeah. Um, it got a score of 49% and an audience score of 68%. Here, I already put some false information into this podcast. I've been saying 43. Oh. Which is... Hey, generous. that's... Well, I mean, same number, basically. Three and nine, take take yeah. three, and then just multiply it by multiply it by three, and then you guys... Divided by... Then you got nine. Plus it. All right, so... Let's talk about what the critics and the audience had to say about this movie. What do you say? Let's let's read off some reviews really quick. Yeah, sounds good. This is uh this was how I kind of came into this movie. I'm glad this person kind of said it out loud. Cool. Um, this person is a super reviewer. He is anonymous on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. And he goes, "This is his review. Not my thing, but I'm a guy. <laughs> the movie has an interesting premise and works out well." I, I am I am a guy. I'm a guy. I'm a ha guy. Ha. I'm glad you let us know that he's a guy. And he also laughed about it, which I really think is it really drives home the point that he's just a joker. Yeah, he's a personable guy. He's just a, he's a dude guy and watching he's also a movie. personable. Has an interesting premise or something. Yeah. I just watched it. I'm a guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> What other reviews do you have? <laughs> this is my last one. Cool. This is from Mark Halverson out of the Sacramento News and Review. And he says, Marshall, Gary Marshall, the guy, mm -hmm. uh, milks the San Francisco scenery for all it's worth, but it is all thumbs when it comes to squeezing the full comic possibilities of the story. I hate, dude, this is my biggest problem with movies. Look at me. My biggest problem with movies is when it's all thumbs. When you don't thumb up the comic or the scenic possibilities in a movie, what are you doing? Interesting. I was. I'm very confused about uh, it being all thumb. It mean like ten thumbs? He's saying like it's. So I I don't really like. He squeezed it. Two thumbs. I think his whole point is he squeezed out. He said he he squeezed out a lot of the scenery. And didn't squeeze enough out of the the comedy, oh, which is just like confusing as hell. So the shots were good, like as in like, that's what he's saying. I, I maybe I he agree. just used like maybe he just like was like, oh, I'm gonna make up for it by doing multiple shots of San Francisco. Yeah, because it wasn't bad. Like honestly, like the the, the shots weren't bad. It I'll, just I'll felt say. like a little bit like Full House, though. It did. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> we're gonna get into that when we get into like the full play oh, by yeah. play. But that oh hell yeah, <laughs> I'm excited was... for that because I I didn't talk about that. I'm excited for that hell yeah. What do you got for your reviews? All right, I've I've quite a few reviews. Um, so Brian Walker, what he said, uh, what starts as a feel good movie quickly degenerates into a feel bored movie. Two stars. <sighs> Brutal. But Taylor, she said this film is very funny and good. I love it. Five stars. Oh. Uh, yeah. Where's Taylor? What's Taylor's credentials? Uh, I don't. I think this is a lot of audience score. <laughs> Just what people are feeling around the earth, around someone, the world. So someone who's like not a professional came up with feel good to feel bore. I mean, that actually, no, 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 no. Brian Walker, he was a critic. Okay. I think Taylor is an audience member. I could see that. I think she's, yeah, I think that was an audience score. You're telling me Taylor, who she wrote what? That it's a good, like it's a fun movie. This film is very funny and good. I love it. Oh, I thought that was professional for sure. Yeah, that I, thought was that was, I thought that was five stars too. Yeah, I was, I was, I was like, wow, would this love, girl, she needs to get promoted. Would love to see uh, her from audience member to uh, the critic. 
Uh, Mikey S. Uh, said, had to watch it on a flight, and I wanted the plane to go down in the Pacific. Half a star. That is fu- that's hilarious. That is a lot. I love it. Uh, Devin said, even for a guy, another... Dude. A lot of reviews about this movie, for some reason, just being like, oh, I'm a guy, and I watched it. I'm guys can watch... Hey, guys can watch Princess Diaries. Yeah, they can. I'm a guy's guy. I don't, I don't really watch Princess Diaries. I don't... You know... I watched this one, and then I'm also a guy. Sometimes, uh, after I watched it, I threw on like 300. After this one, I watched 17 war movies. Um, and I drank 17 beers for each war movie. Anyway, Giant. even for a guy such as myself, this movie was okay, but struggles in its plot as it's very linear and doesn't have many layers. One and a half star... One and a half stars. I have one last review. I just, I, it's not even the review itself that cracks cool. me up. That makes me laugh a little. That makes me like joyfully giggle. Yeah. Um, but it's this guy named Cole Smithy. Um, so I already feel close to him. Mm-hmm. He goes, the unexpected rewards of director Gary Marshall's Beaches. Latest spin on the well worm. Pygmalion fairy tale are numerous. So basically, he didn't give a review. Um, he just said, let's look up words and just put them in places. And I'm going to give it a B plus, the movie. Oh, man. I love a good Pimelis have fairies tale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cold Smith, we love you. Um, hold on. A few, more, peace, a few more reviews. <laughs> um, Aaron said, miracles happen when you watch this movie. Five stars. Aaron. Aaron loved it, uh, as a, probably a lot of the people that are going to be watching this, you know, listening to this podcast. Miracles, though? Uh, but Sally said, if you get past the fact that the monarchy is an oppressive institution that was outdated hundreds of years ago and that every member of it should be executed for living off of the toil of the working class and peasantry, this is a silly little film with some warm moments in it. Zero whoa, stars. Whoa. whoa. She didn't suspend her disbelief like this much. <laughs> she had to go all in. Good for you, Sally. We love you. If you're out there and you're listening to this, I doubt it. But if you are, I love you. Fantastic um, review. Fantastic review. Maybe the best one. Uh, so obviously pretty polarizing. But I, th- I say it's time that we jump right in. What do you say? Right into the meat and potatoes of it all? Let's Let's jump into the meat and potatoes of 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 the of the princess diaries. The princess diaries. Let's jump into the princess diaries. Yeah. For those that, who don't know, that was a Genovian accent. That was a Genovian accent. Um, I speak Genovian. Okay. So now that we've covered the plot of the movie, it's time to give the play-by-play and our honest review of the princess diaries. And here we go. Mia Thermopolis is a 15-year-old 10th grade private school student who lives with her mother, Helen Thermopolis, and her cat, Fat Louie, in a renovated San Francisco firehouse. Mia is an average, plain-looking student, but extremely unpopular. Uh, She's seemingly invisible to her crush, Josh Bryant, and his cheerleader girlfriend, Lana Thomas. Mia, however, has one best friend, Lily Moskovitz, as well as Lily's brother, Michael. For me, right? Yeah. I'm immediately in, actually. You are. Um, At the top of this movie, okay, you're just thrown into old 2000s nostalgia. You know what I'm saying? It has that, it has like a grimier look on it, like that standard definition look. You know what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. You know, like that 2000s, like, oh, this is like, I'm watching something that's like old Disney. Yeah. And I'm like excited about it, right? I'm like getting jazzed because they like bring in like this like nice orchestral music. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's like, that's like Disney princess movie. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. I'm like stoked. I'm like, oh, about to watch this. Very nostalgic. However, we start getting into like the opening credits of it. And it's San Francisco, and they're showing like the Golden Gate Bridge and all that. It looks the text and everything. It's Full House. Is Full House shot in San Francisco? It is. is? I think so. Yeah. And it looks direct, like it looks directly like almost like copy and pasted. It it like freaked me out a little bit. I was like, oh, but I get like I was. It got me excited. It got me excited. Yeah. Because it kind of looked kind of looked like Full House. I get that. Yeah. I totally get that. Uh, one of the first things that I noticed oh watching the movie. So in the beginning, Mia's looking out the window and before school or, or whatever. Um, and immediately dubs upon dubs of they went back in post and they're just like, I, I didn't count, but I would say somewhere around like 30 to 40 times in this movie, it's just dubs. Like they're yeah. just like, they just went back in post and we're just like, um, we didn't say this in this part, or there was like a like a lull or a mum in this in this part of the movie. We need to like say something, or this part didn't make sense. So we're just gonna go back and post and have somebody record themselves saying something oh, until totally. the beginning. Her mom just goes, "Time for school. Stop daydreaming. You'll be late for school." And I was like, "This is like so. Oh, I'm like already like immediately uncomfortable. Uh, no, like it's not okay. Like not like uncomfortable, but yeah. I was like." This is already a little bit corny, but I was like, hey, it's the beginning of the movie. Let's just like, let's just tune in. Let's stop judging immediately. And then they start playing uh, the first song, uh, Supergirl by Crystal Harris. Let me read you the lyrics really quick. Did you actually? I, it's, I just, but the first part, it plays for so long, but I'll just give you the first part. And it's, it's completely almost like offbeat. The singing oh, totally. is not great. It's just, it is like, I was listening to this and I was just like, Wow, this is really, really bad. They chose this. They oh, actually yeah. chose the song for a movie that made 126 million dollars. Put it before you get into those lyrics. Yeah. To put that in perspective for you, the one note I do have is it sounds like Limp Biscuit and Kids Bop like had a failed marriage, and this is their child. This Limp Biscuit times uh, Kids Bop song. Th- these are the lyrics to it. Uh, s- sometimes I have dreams. I picture myself flying. Above the clouds, high in the sky, conquering the world with my magic piano, never being scared, but then I realize. (laughs) Hold on. Sorry, what? I'm Supergirl, and I'm here to save the world. But I want to know who's going to save me. I'm Supergirl, and I'm here to (laughs) save the world. But I want to know why I feel so alone. Dude, what? (laughs) What? What is that? What oh, the, ma- the magic piano in there makes no sense. No, it doesn't make any sense what at all. What is that? I have no idea. I have no idea who like mixed this whole thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. We're talking about music. Yeah. This movie was co-produced by Whitney Houston. That's not real. Whit- Whitney Houston. Like, like Whitney actually Houston. Whitney like Houston? actually Whitney Houston. I just assumed that that was like... I don't know. Just there's, you know, maybe another Whitney Houston. Um, also, what was very interesting about the intro, she goes down a firefighter pole. Oh, yeah. 
uh, which was interesting, which is like, oh, that's actually kind of kick ass. No, that's, that's kind of cool. I was gonna say. That's kind of cool. It's like, but yeah. as we see later on in the movie, she's not cool at all. She's no. actually the worst. No, she is. She's like the like not even like oh like a nerdy like the worst like oh let's bully this girl like she's actually just like annoying. No, she's awful. I I I do I will say the one like good mark this movie got off the bat was like this is the coolest house I've ever seen. Like, yeah. There's like clouds on the sky like on the ceiling and stuff. And then raising a dork of a child. Awful. Like the most annoying dork of a child. You, you're introduced to this neighbor, this, like, bizarro character that just shouldn't be in the movie. Yeah. Like, it's just a waste of time. Why? It's, like, this guy that, like, is just pessimistic about life. He's, like, just, like, a shitty neighbor. Yeah, Mr. fucking Robitussin. Yeah. That's, Why? That's a crazy name also. Why? Um, I couldn't understand anything he said in that opening sequence. Uh-huh. He, and it's hysterical to me because everything in the movie is dubbed except for his line where he goes, I just, yeah, yeah, like, Oh, yeah. When he was like, okay. I can't believe I won a Grammy. Shut the fuck dude, dude. Oh, my God. That part annoyed me. Why did I have to throw that in there? Why are they living next to a Grammy-winning fucking writer? So, when she she leaves her house slash fire department, yeah. uh, she meets up with Lily, uh, and they show up to school, and, like, the three mean girls are doing, like, a <laughs> cheer out front. Like, it's the beginning of fucking Sky High. Yeah. Oh, my it's God. Like, what I'm, a comparison. I'm Anna. I'm Smlana. I'm Montana. I'm Flafana. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's just like such a trope. They all know this. They go to high school with you. Why are you telling everybody your name? Yeah. And like, no one's like practicing, like cheering out there. Like, yes. That's like such a weird thing. And then you're introduced to uh, Josh. Yes. Kind of the like Mia dreams of this guy. Yeah. It's, it's the popular guy. Mm-hmm. He's the good looking guy. He's like dating the the hot cheerleader girl yep he does this he does this move that i've never seen a person ever like move their body like this okay they're in the middle of cheering and everything he just gets on top of like the 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 stone like archway and hits a move if for those who are watching on youtube like this and he's like that was and like everyone's like oh damn josh is so hot yo josh is so hot i totally want to suck his dick right now here in the courtyard We don't know what high school is like back in like the 2000s. No. Like early 2000s. Um, but I know for a fact it was not like that. Um, also, speaking of Josh, I immediately, they show this guy at the beginning, the red, red-haired guy. Um, yeah. And they're, Lily and Mia are sitting there talking and the red-haired guy turns around and like looks at him and like smiles. And I was like, I was like, this is the love interest. This guy, yeah. this guy is... Guy's hot as shit. Like He's guy, cool guy was, looking. Guy was cool, cool looking. Good looking fucking guy. And Absolutely. I was like, love interest. They, he has two lines in the movie. He yeah. has like two lines in the movie. And basically, we don't see him much at all. Was very confused about that. Um, and then, right after that, principal walks up, San, Sandra O, oh, And she goes, morning, Lily. Lily's friend. And the most bizarre part of that whole exchange is that Mia, Lily's friend, initiates the exchange it's like if you and i walked up to someone we mutually know mm-hmm. and you said oh hey hey great to see you and then i i was kind of like on you know i'm like looking around or whatever and then the person just turned to me and was like oh hey jack how are you jack's friend like I, you would be like Bro, i initiated words. this conversation those like, are fighting words yeah a little bit like, I, I get what he's trying to say, like, that she's, like, invisible. 
Yeah, and it actually leads to my favorite scene in the entire. This, how he tries to convey that. Talk about it. Let's let's hear about it. You want to just do this? (laughs) Let's hear about it. I have never replayed ten seconds of (laughs) cinema more times in my life. (laughs) I have I have never I have never done that more so than when I see these two guys. She's it, it cuts like to Mia sitting alone, kind of like on this long bench, and a bunch of other people. So it's a crowded bench thing, I would say. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people there. Yeah, so it's like crowded, and she's like sitting on it. Two dudes just walking, kind of aimlessly, just talking and walking. Yeah, just talking and walking. Just walk up on her, and in mid conversation with his friend, he goes to sit, and Mia's like right there. And so I replayed that like a thousand times because he gets up, he goes, "Yo, sorry." And he just keeps walking away with his friend. So, like, yeah. first of all... And he was looking there. He was looking at that spot before he got there. Totally. And then just turns around. Yeah. Yeah, that's my whole thing. That's why I kept replaying. I was like, dude, did he just, like, not look over there? Because I never in my life I have been uh, very sick. I've been very tired. I've been very awake. I've been under the influence of alcohol before. Never one Hell time. Yeah. Let's go. When I was walking... Yeah, dude. <laughs> when I've been, like, walking... Have I ever been like, oh, there's someone in that seat. I don't see them. I'm just going to actually try to sit down yeah. right now. That it's insane to me. And then this is the best part. This is like the this is like the punchline of all punchlines. She goes, Yeah, another person tried to sit on me today. <laughs> like, that's like a normal problem for you? Like this has happened multiple times in your life where it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Oh, guy. man. It happened for the 14th time this week. <laughs> it's just the same guy. Yeah, it's just it's the time. same fucking guy over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, dude. We got to get better at this. <laughs> we got to coordinate. <laughs> it's so stupid. What a dumb thing to put in this movie <laughs> off the bat. It, it establishes that. She's invisible, you know. I guess. we have to be we have to be spoon fed the plot of this movie. We can't just so hard. we can't just show that she's just not hanging out with many people. We have to be spoon fed the fact that uh, she's invisible. Also, one of the things that happens too is when Josh and the and the mean girl oh, Lana are making out, they dub her moaning and giggling, yeah. and she they dub her going, mm. <laughs> dude, it's <laughs> like, and you don't hear him. And you don't hear him. They don't dub him in there. Of course you don't. I want to hear Josh. Yeah. I want to hear Josh moaning and giggling. Yeah, I just wanted to hear like the full effect. Uh, (laughs) Uh, My sunglasses are on my head. (laughs) Oh, bubblegum? My hair's pushed back bubblegum. Bubblegum. Come here. (laughs) That was the worst part of the thing, too. Speaking of Josh, they, for some reason, there's supposedly five people at this high school um, yeah, <laughs> and she's debating Josh, her crush, um, in debate class. Basically, they're talking about how they don't need to have school uniforms. They do need to have school uniforms. Josh is taking the side of they don't need to have school uniforms, and he's like acting all cool. He's like fucking like riding a surfboard and oh, like, yeah. does like a fucking kickflip on a skateboard. For some for some reason, the only people on his side are people that like girls, like the it girls, like the it girls. Yeah are on his side and they're all like cheering and then they dub over he's the man and then his girlfriend lana turns around he's like he's my man the only note that you didn't point out that i had was what the fuck was this room like what classroom are they in because it's they have like a tuba and like some drums back there i didn't even notice that if you because they say 
once she like Mia goes up there to present her side of the argument and stutters and freaks out because it's obviously unbearable to watch. Yeah, yeah it, it it's one of actually for me it was pretty relatable. Yeah, I'll say honestly, I, I, very much so. I felt that a little bit, but she like they go <laughs> watch out for the tuba because she's like about to throw up. Yes, and yeah. I'm, I'm like, why is there a tuba? So I was like, okay, maybe it's like okay, maybe they're just consolidating debate and band because those are two kind of smaller classes maybe yeah but then there's a band room that's separate later i so there's just a tuba and like drums (laughs) i think think they might have shot all the classroom shots in the same room yeah i has i mean and they dubbed that that's the thing they in post yeah in post they were literally like hey say something about the tuba even though we're in fucking debate class so kind of jumping into the next part of the synopsis here a few weeks before Mia's 16th birthday, Mia learns her paternal grandmother is visiting from Genovia, also known as a small European kingdom. Right? Mm. That's what Genovia is, for those who are unfamiliar. It's right on the map. Yep. Go find it. Uh, Mia meets her grandmother, Queen Clarice Rinaldi, at the Genovian consulate for the first time in her life. Queen Clarice explains that the reason she wanted to see her was because of a life-changing problem. Um, Mia learns that her father was crown prince of Genovia, and due to his recent death, she is now next and sole heir to the Genovian throne. She is shocked to learn that she is, in fact, a princess and runs away, rejecting this notion. They're, they're rock climbing, and they're like spoon-feeding us information. Oh, yeah. As if we're time. babies. Yeah. And they basically, she's like, I don't want to see my grandmother. And her mom goes... She's your father's mother. Just go see her. And then and then the Mia goes, she's the worst. And it's like, okay, cool. Now so we know that's her father's mother. She's also the worst. My father, who I haven't seen in how many years? 15? Oh, that, because I'm 15 years old right now. I'm about to be 16. Oh, yeah, that one? That one that's about to be 15? I'm about to be 16? <laughs> Um, and then, and then it like, it cuts away yeah. and that's the scene where, um, they're dirty dancing in the band hall, uh, to jazz music. They're grinding basically in the, yeah. In, don't know why they had to, uh, I don't know why they throw that in there. It looks like it, you know what it looks like? It looks like, uh, what's his name, dude? I'm already forgetting Gary Marshall's name. I can't do that. Gary with two R's. Um, it looks like they were like, he was like, okay, so how do the kids dance these days? And they just showed him like Britney Spears. He was like, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, well we can't get the rights for that. We do have Whitney. So instead we're going to go thirties jazz music with one person in the background, weirdly hitting a drum and they're getting like sexual to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly where we're also introduced to the love interest. Oh dude. Oh yeah, I love it. Oh, My we're God. gonna we're gonna slap this one around. Oh yeah. Uh, we're introduced. What is his name? Michael. 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 He's playing uh, piano and they're <laughs> singing songs. Um, I, don't, I don't. He's just bad. He comes off very very dorky to me at least. Yeah. I don't see him as like. And a- and that like that would match. That's why I was kind of like that matches. Yeah, 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 that yeah. matches in a way. Yeah. Uh, but later we see that hey, he's not so dorky. Um, yeah. But after that class, she goes to grandmother's house and she like walks in. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, by the way, this is established at this point that this is the queen of. Well, it's like an important person. 
because it's like this mansion. You don't technically know that this is like the queen. Yet. Yeah. So yeah. you're he, she, she walks in and they have like a bunch of security there. Mm-hmm. And they go like they s- search her bag by basically tapping it twice and going, your soy nuts aren't going to be hurt. Yeah, please don't crush my soy nuts. What a dumb... Th- what the... F- why? On her part, what a fucking dork. Yeah, literally, you're such a Trader Joe's only person. I'm sorry. I hate that person. Yo, Mia, Mia Thermopolis definitely fucking went to Trader Joe's. Yeah, it's, it was just upsetting to me that if this is the queen, which you are about to hear... Yeah. Um, that you literally... The queen of a country that literally is under a monarchy only. It's yeah. like the only country ever that yeah. does that now. Um, and the security guard goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're good. It doesn't make a, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. Uh, what also doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Her grandmother walks in yeah. and she's like, she's like, you look so young. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she's in fucking, she's in high school. Yeah, that's right. She's 15 years old. That's she's yeah. going to look young. Uh-huh. And then she like, gives her like a pendant, uh, the Genovian crest. And then. This fucking doofass drops it, and of course... Dude, and, like, it was, like, such a disgusting way to... Like, she... The next probably, what, like, five minutes are just showing off how uncoordinated Mia is in the most grotesque way possible. Like, they... She's literally... I can't explain this better than just, like, showing it on, like, on camera. Like, here's, like, your tea glass or whatever. She's literally going... Dude, that was one thing I wanted to touch on so bad is like that she's not she's not nerdy. No, she's not. She's like kind of goofy and a little bit like she's not nerdy. She is. She's rude. <coughs> she's rude and annoying. Smacking the tea around and just being all like, "Ah, oh, shut up!" Yeah, and it's she, just, oh, it pisses me off. <laughs> it just upsets me. I just got fired up multiple times. Yeah. And her grandmother tells her, yeah, your father was the prince of Genovia. And she didn't know that. Oh, by, yeah, not at all. Nothing throughout her life gave her a hint. Nothing. Oh, by the way. Yeah, your grandmother, that is a, is a queen. A queen of an entire country? She's the only person that runs the country. Yeah, but my dad's just a regular guy, right? Also, are, this is like, I, I put this in all caps. Are people in Genovia just absolute morons? You're telling me. So Genovia just doesn't know. Like, just the the whole country just hasn't thought about, like, oh, yeah, there's, like, the leader of our country is just out there somewhere. We just don't know who they are. Yeah, the leader of our country doesn't have, like, a husband. She has, like, no children left. There's basically three people in her fucking family. Yeah. Who could it be? And we're just not going to think about, like, who's coming up next ever. Nope. Not one time? Mm-mm. Also, in the middle of being told that she's the princess of a country that she will one day lead, like, completely. Your dad's dead, by the way. <laughs> Wait, that, that, was, that was the thing is that they told her, that was the moment they told her that her dad was dead? Yeah. After. Oh, what? Yeah. And she's like, oh, man, I have to be a princess? I'd be like, Wait, my dad's dead? Yeah. I wanted to meet him one day, dude. I knew he That's was like crazy. in Europe. I couldn't get out there. Yes. And um, then also while they're having that conversation, she's also just like, why would you pick me to be your princess? 
She didn't. No, you idiot. That's how it fucking works. I mean, obviously no one knows how monarchy works in this movie. I'll be honest with you. I'm coming off of a hot binge watch off the crown. Mm-hmm. Is that why you know it? Okay. That I'm like sense. having a time with the monarchy. Okay. I know a lot now. It's very I know accurate. Monarch like butterflies. Yeah. I get it. Um she's tired of like being like a geek and like being like not very confident. And then she's also just yells at her grandmother, I don't want I don't want to be a princess. Oh, like damn. what else do you want then? What do you want? They do something I call the classic Disney runaway. It's when in a Disney movie, there's confrontation between a parent and the protagonist, a.k.a. the son or daughter. Yeah. And the son or daughter runs away, like out of the room and says like one last word, like, I can't believe you've done this. And runs out. <laughs> no, he's my horse. And he runs out. <laughs> like happens. Like, go look that up. That's a thing. That has to be a thing. So then she goes back home. She basically confronts her mother and and her mother like tells her we were going to tell you when you were 18 years old uh we wanted to protect you which would change uh she's in high school yeah she's 15 years old she's not yet 18 um in her defense against her daughter's argument was hey i'm i know you're pissed that we are telling you now but hey we were gonna tell you later which would have changed absolutely nothing Nothing. I mean, it, you're still gonna have to rule a country one day. I'd yes. be. This is this is what I wrote down for her, the mom. Yep. I, worst mom ever in in my mind. There's no way I would be so pissed. I'd be like, I I need to rule a country now. Yeah. So I why have I been like studying like band? I should learn like war tactics, like economics. <laughs> like I need to figure out how to kill people. How to like kill people in cold blood. Um. One hundred one dot com. I. I was just shocked that like that was the thing. Also, her mom also says, also says, this is, oh, because it's such, it can't be this much of a throwaway that her dad's dead. She's like, yeah, and then your dad died. So she knew her dad was dead prior to the conversation. Yes, yeah. I, that's all I'll say about that. But I was absolutely, I was like on Team Mia 100% when that mm-hmm. fight went down. Yeah, it, well, I wasn't, I wasn't so much myself given the fact that um, that like her closing argument is like, I'm not already a freak enough. Why don't you just add a tiara? Dude, that will fucking make you cooler. Yeah. I, I, That'll yeah. make you so much more sick. It's not going to hurt. You know, that's oh, everybody. Everybody hates me. And basically all hope is lost and everybody in school. I just, the only friend that I have is, uh, this girl that's super fucking annoying. I My principal her. doesn't even know who I am, and I threw up during fucking I, class. I and... have a guy sitting on me problem. Yeah, I have a guy. <laughs> I have a guy sitting on me problem. Um, why don't I just become a princess of a whole fucking country? Oh man. <laughs> um, then everyone will super make fun of me. Then, uh, yeah, that's exactly what's yeah. gonna happen. You big freaking dork, dumbass. So. Queen Clarice visits Mia and Helen and explains that if Mia refuses the throne, Genovia will be without a ruler. She also explains that Mia needs to be presented as their princess at the upcoming Genovian state dinner. Helen convinces Mia to attend princess lessons with with the queen, who tells Mia need not have to make her decision on accepting the throne until the annual Genovian Independence Day Ball. Uh, the queen gives Mia a limousine to use as well as her own bodyguard, Joseph. 
also known as Joe, uh, the queen's head of security. What? You're telling me that you're putting the future of your country. Yeah. And you're making it a choice. You have presented it as a choice to Mia. And you said, you know, our country may not exist if you don't accept this position. Mm -hmm. Our entire country. Mm -hmm. It just might fall through. I'm this, sorry. This country will cease to exist. It will no longer be a thing. But also, it's up to you a little bit. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, hey, hey think a, on that. Hey, just, just think on, on it. You're like 15 years old, and you're also like super rude and like super annoying. But like, this is your decision, by the way. Yeah. To keep this country running. Yeah, no, you're that, in here. This country you've never been to you've before. You've never even been there. You don't know the people there. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know how it runs. Yeah, sure. Just, yeah. yeah, make a quick call about your popularity in high school. Make it based off that. Yeah. Make it based off of how weird it will make you look. Mm -hmm. That's a smart move. So we're introduced to Joe. Oh, boy. Oh, Joe. Let's straighten. Just uh, take it away. Joe, I'll, I'll take it away. Just take it away. Our boy, Joe. I, I love this guy. I know. He's, he's, he's as good as it gets in this movie. And the coolest guy. Oh, basically, easily. immediately she, she hops in the limousine. Um, and he's kind of like. She's like doing the thing with like the the little the, like the medium between her and yeah the divider and he's like he's like no matter no matter how much you you push the button it's still gonna go up and down the same I did that That's... and I did that in a Yankee accent he's definitely British and you know what he's a he's a legacy uh, actor for him he's in Pretty Woman as well this guy I don't blame him good for Gary yeah dude and good for Hector Elizondo AKA Joe the guy. The goat. Let's go, Joe. So we we cut to a, a part when they go back to to high school. Multiple cheerleaders yeah. still out front doing doing cheers to absolutely nobody in the courtyard. Literally nothing. It's it's not practice. They're literally just out front in their cheer uniforms, just doing cheers. Just to having fun. Absolutely nobody. And then we cut to to Mia playing softball um this is another fantastic scene uh, maybe my my second favorite um watching Mia try to catch a ball um that was the fun so normally how you catch a ball or if you even if you miss a ball you're kind of like oh no I missed the ball how Mia tries to catch this ball is like watching an old lady in have you seen the life alert commercial yes yeah so very similar uh, she's fallen and she can't get up. She's like in, but it's like a slow, the slowest fall to try to grab the ball mm -hmm. ever. And <laughs> it's just so slow the entire way down. And it's the funniest thing I've ever watched and, in my entire life. And then she picks, then she picks the ball up. They're like, throw it back, throw it back. And then she is <laughs> out of all the places she could have thrown it. She just nails her <laughs> PE teacher in the fucking head. Awful. Just nails her in the head. That ends. They they cut to like yeah. her and Lily walking back from uh, from uh, from school. And Mia's talking about how she has to go to dinner with her dad, and she's complaining about it. <laughs> and Mia goes, "At least you have a dad. <laughs> My dad died." And <laughs> weird. And then Lily, her response is. Whoa, I thought you got over that. It's been two months. They wrote that into the script. So uh, this is where, I, like, the whole timeline doesn't make sense to me anymore, right? Because yeah, has she been now going for two months to the 
the the princess train? I, I would assume so. I guess that's the t- I guess that's the timeline. I I mean, again, that's like exposition off the wazoo. Like yeah. way too much. She leaves to after the conversation. She's like, I gotta go. And I thought she was like pissed about what she had said, um, but she wasn't because she says something like along the lines of like, "All right, see you later, homie," or something like that. She didn't say homie, but <laughs> she says something along the lines of that. That's like, oh yeah, see you later, girly. Uh, check you later. Kisses and uh, leaves. And she's like, I gotta go check on my baby, which we, turns out to be her her Mustang. Um, and she goes to the body shop. And I was like, this is interesting. They're just this is very random. Yeah. She goes <laughs> into the fucking body shop, and they're playing music. They're playing like live music, basically, with all these girls there. And then Lily's brother Michael, the love interest, yeah. is playing piano with just M and M's all over the keyboard. fucking piano. There's no way that the audience, like the audience that are like around him watching him play on the piano, no one can see past like the bump. So it's just he just put them there for himself. Just for himself. And then all the girls like swooning over him. They they say something like, He fixes cars and he plays guitar, but he was also playing piano, which made no sense. So he also works (laughs) at this body shop and they just give him breaks to play piano for for all these girls that are at the body shop. Do you know like that, that Sam Smith's Unholy, you know? Yeah. That song. Based off. Body shop. Based off that. Based off of that scene. movie. Yeah. That is. Wow. Also, another good moment is when half the movie, or I'd say 97 to 98% of the movie is dubbed. And um, in this scene, they have Michael in the background. If you look at it, he's singing back there. But you no don't. There's coming out. Huh? Are there words coming out? No. It's just, he's just doing this. If you can't see, if people are just listening, it looks like you're trying, it looks like um, basically like biting into a very hot spoon of soup. Uh, Slurping into a very hot spoon of soup, and even the spoon is hot as well. Yeah. That's exactly what that looks like. On fire. Um, And then Michael. Um, yeah. he comes up and he's like, stop, time to stop playing this, this music. And then walks up to Mia and she's like, what's the damage? And he's like $400 or whatever. And then we're finally introduced to Michael's acting, which is just, just the most awkward thing ever. And you have some information on Michael. Do you not? I do. So Michael's name and I could be botching it a bit because it, it's a little bit of a lot but his full name is robert um let's i'm just wanting to make sure yeah yeah, yeah. it's robert coppola schwartzman so robert coppola schwartzman i'm like oh coppola like like the coppola like godfather coppola and i was like are you for real and so i was like holy so maybe this is i was like this guy has to be a nepo baby because like there's no way on earth that you just throw this guy yeah. into the, like, a main part. Um, and I look into it, and I'm like kind of disappointed because I'm like, oh, man, this his dad's name is Jack Schwartzman. He's just a producer that's yeah. been in Hollywood. But then I looked at Taylor Shire. I could be saying that wrong, but I think mm. it's it's either Taylor or Talia. Guess who that is? I don't know who that is. Have you ever seen Rocky? Uh, yeah, I have. And Rocky II. Uh Yeah, I've also seen Rocky Two. Rocky Three. Uh, I'm actually not sure if I've seen Rocky Three. I don't remember it. We had we had something there, but I'd say uh, she's like a huge part of that. You you, you know Adrian? Yeah, Adrian. That's her. 
That's that's that's, that's this guy's mom. No way, dude. Oh my what? god, that it added up so fast, so quick. They're, so like literally just nepo baby, totally. like literally nepo baby. It's it's so obvious given the fact his acting is just so awkward. It's yeah. his acting is literally like. I'm acting. I'm acting. By the way, hey, I'm acting. I feel uncomfortable. I'm acting. By the you way, you can see Anne Hathaway just trying her fucking hardest to make Anne sure Hathaway that this guy's killing it. In yeah. the, beside this guy, it's just, it's just it is it is atrocious. It's a chore, folks, to watch this man like attempt acting. And also, I'd like to say in this scene too is it's like there's this like really his character is just so out of place and out of pocket the entire time. Mm-hmm. And like you could see the other actor being like, oh, so you have a crush on her? And he goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Mia begins seeing her grandmother every day after school uh, for her lessons, which include table manners, dancing and personal presentation. Mia's frequent absence begins to put Lily on edge, and after Mia receives a makeover from an Italian hairdresser, Paolo, uh, Lily confronts her and accuses her of trying to be like the popular girls. Mia breaks down and tells Lily everything, changing her friend's attitude completely. Mia makes Lily uh, promise not to tell anyone, including Michael, a.k.a. the guy we talked about earlier. Piano Man is actually Lily's brother, so just giving you a heads up there uh, that she is a princess because the queen wants to keep everything a secret until the ball as to avoid a frenzy with the press. So um, you, we, we cut to a scene before, right before um, this, what our synopsis kind of was telling us right before that um, we kind of are in another conversation with mom and it's a throwaway thing. Cause it never is talked about again in the movie, mm. but mom you know, her daughter's life is changing mm-hmm. um, around her, right? Like, huge decision she has to make. Like, yeah. do you want to become a leader of a country? Just simple stuff. Teenage yep. stuff. Just teenage stuff. Just teenage stuff. And, um, you know, being the the emotional rock that she is for Mia, she starts dating one of her teachers. And it's like, why? And it's never mentioned again. It's never the- mentioned again. We see the guy later on in the movie, yeah. and just for, like, maybe three seconds but it's, not involved. It's just like a very throwaway conflict to just like place in the middle of all, like just to make her mom have like her third half-assed apology in this movie. Um, they basically jump into the um, the whole transformation of of Mia. Yeah, they do the whole get rid of the glasses and the curls. Curls are so fucking ugly, right? Is this the movie that established that trope? The, the take off the glasses thing. That that's like actually there's a good shot. I because I mean good, like it's not a thing. I don't think I can think of a movie. Then again, I'm not watching a lot of these kinds of movies. Yeah. But I would say like that trope of like oh take off your glasses, let your hair down. Yep. Like yeah. That's all. I mean like they just put a little makeup on her. Yeah. And she's it's like oh you're Anne Hathaway by the I way. I will say they did an incredible job of making her look really bad. At the beginning, yeah, and then uh, then making her look really good when she like goes into class and um, and everyone's like freaking out about like her hair and they're like, "Wow, look at hair, girl! Wow, she really is doing the hair thing, isn't she?" I think I think they did a good job. This is where 
my new this is where my most hated character really shines in this mm-hmm. part of the movie um she tells her best friend or like they're just walking around like she drives up in this limo yeah at one point and is like hey guys hop in like kind of a cool moment yeah like these are two people that literally get sat on um constantly like it's a problem that they discuss yeah and the first thing her best friend lily says to her when she sees the glow up the transformation is what happened who destroyed your face who destroyed your face Imagine spending hours and hours in a chair by with a guy named Paolo, and they're sitting there just roasting your eyebrows, calling you Frida Kahlo, all this stuff throughout the movie. And you're you're like, I finally look good. This is really cool. Everyone likes me now. And your best friend of all time looks at you and goes, "Who destroyed you? Destroyed face? you?" And then she's the like, fuck? and she basically her her response to that is, "Just because your hair sucks, get off mine." Wow! Yeah. Whoa. Got heated so quick. Got very heated. Such a left hook. Fucking boom, honestly. Also, Get destroyed. Get fucking wrecked. Yeah, Michael's in there, too, somewhere. Michael, with his sideburns, I didn't even notice until this point that his sideburns reached down to his jaw. He looks like all the Beatles combined, but like in the worst fucking way. And also, my man's just holding the harmonica like in this part of the movie. He's yes. just like a harmonica guy that just plays it now. Yeah. Just randomly. Also, one thing that I've noticed about this yeah. is that Mia and Michael have zero chemistry because she's walking back and Michael invites her to this one thing. Uh, he's like, come to this, what was it, like some like concert yeah, type of like, like, band, like thing, band yeah. playing music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, she, and I think that this was like all improvised. I think they were like, hey, like, Anne Hathaway's a really good actress. Yeah. Let's improvise some stuff. And I think that Michael uh, didn't pick up on the fact that, you know, improv- improv- improvisation yeah. is a lot of uh, yes and. And she goes, and he, like, invites her to this. And she goes, she goes, oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, is this, like, a date? And he just goes, no, anyway. And then just keeps fucking talking. Dude, and, <laughs> and just, like, shuts it down. Like, it's, like, almost, like, not even, like, it is. And he seems so awkward after that question, too. Yeah. Like, zero fucking chemistry. And it was so weird, too, because it was the one time. And I, it was my first viewing. I, I, I like, point this out. Because I was just, like, I was watching the movie. And there was this point in that, in that sequence that you're talking about where you can see Anne Hathaway. She starts her line. She like starts her next line, and like he's still going. You know that I don't know if anyone's ever acted before when you have like you, someone who's kind of like adding some extra flair to the end of their line. Yeah, and you have a cue word to kind of step in and do your line. Yeah, you could tell that he just kind of flubbed his line a bit, like mid shot, and they <laughs> yeah. left it in. And Gary was like, "Rest in peace." Yeah, Gary was like. Gary was also like rest in peace yeah. to this fucking movie. Exactly. Like I don't Possibly. care enough. Like he's like I did Pretty Woman. I'm fucking fine. <laughs> I was on Dick Van Dyke, Lucy, Hello Lucy, whatever. We're just fucking. This is this movie. We're just we're just throwing in the fucking towel. Yeah, whatever. Four months. I don't care. So the San Francisco Chronicle, however, learns that Mia is the Genovian crown princess after Paolo violates his confidentiality agreement. Although thoroughly annoyed. 
Queen Clarice presses onward and prepares for the state dinner. Mia attends, but publicly humiliates herself and her gr- grandmother with her clumsiness. Yeah. Um, there's really... That synopsis really, like, takes exactly what it is. I, I mean, there's, like, this really, like, toxic best friend moment between her and uh, between Mil- as I like to call him Millie because it's like a because it's like a, like a power couple yeah it's a power couple name cool. but it's a very toxic relationship uh, because uh, Lily like basically throughout the rest of this movie is like I love that you're a princess I hate your princess I love your princess <laughs> I hate your princess um, and so it's like very, it's like, it's like when you're in a relationship and you start working out and trying to lose weight and then your partner is like, um, yeah, I don't like that you're doing that, but also good for you. But also I hate you. Um, one, one thing that, that I, I did want to bring up. So is the dinner. Yeah. Let's talk. About um, Lord Fricker is, is drunk as hell. We're meeting all these different characters. Some of these characters are, you know, there's the two characters that are like, Supposedly, if if Mia decides to not become the heir to the throne, yeah, they take over the throne. So, which, so Genovia will not cease to exist. So, which defeats the whole conversation up to this point. Yes, like defeats the movie. Yes, com- it just ruins the movie. Yeah, no, like literally, it turns it turns it on his head. Yeah, that's completely. not the part that I like. <laughs> It's um, his favorite part. Th- that's that. my favorite part is when this movie just absolutely fucking sucks and makes zero sense at all whatsoever. None. Um, we are introduced, though, to, like, two of, like, Mia's, like, biggest fans, basically. Love They're, Jennifer. like, for some reason related to uh, the crown in some kind of way. Um, and they... They're a lot of fun. It's the, the, the big guy, and there's the, the lady, yeah. and uh, they're at dinner, and she basically doesn't know that like ice cream is cold or something. Which is so weird. Yeah, she doesn't know ice cream is cold, so she takes like a big bite out of it, and she's like, she's like what is this? And they're like, just eat, the, eat it. And she like puts it in her mouth and starts to freak out, which no one in you know the history of the earth has no. ever put ice cream in their mouth, unless you're a cat has put ice cream in their mouth and been like, hey, hey, hi, ice cream is cold. Like never, ever, ever. And then they they start to kind of like, they start to copy her, which I thought was charming. It was very endearing. I thought it was funny. And there's a lot of lines in in this part. Um, that, that were, that were funny that were, um, gosh, there was, yeah, there's, there's the part where, um, she catches the guy's arm on fire. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's kind of funny. Having a good time. She's fucking everything up, but like in the funniest way. Dude, she was messing. Like I've never seen if she wanted to be an assassin, she could have like, cause at the end of this dinner, like at the like towards the end of the scene, mm-hmm. she like goes looks for her fork, and literally the entire like dinner just goes like straight. It, it, like someone trips on her, and like a million people just like go down for the count. There's things flying all over the place. Like she literally just causes World War Three in the room for like ten seconds, uh-huh. and everyone's just like, "Yeah." And it was like the first time where it got like kind of like it, it knows what it's doing yeah. a little bit. And everyone just kind of laughed. And she yeah. took it, like, personally. 
but yeah, it was like whatever. But she like know. made an entire. She made everyone room laugh. Everyone started laughing. Everyone was having a good time. And then like whatever the the, the big guy that, that I was just talking about, he like stands yeah. up and he makes a toast. He stands up and he goes, he goes, cheers to the Baron and Baroness. I <laughs> I pray that you always be Baron. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely fucking hilarious. Yeah, that was great. Killed it. That guy also fantastic. Whoever he is, I yeah. don't know who he is. Absolutely fantastic. That death. was absolutely hilarious. Love him to death. The following day, after the dinner, after the dinner, uh, Mia agrees to appear on Lily's public access television program, Shut Up and Listen, uh, and to watch Michael's band perform at a venue that Saturday night. Mia is almost 16 now, so she's almost able to drive a car, her baby, Ford Mustang. She takes a test drive with her grandmother, and they go to an arcade which is, we'll get into that. Mia asks her grandmother if her father wanted to be Prince. She replies he did, but that he almost, uh, he thought about abdicating the, uh, the throne once. Um, he fell in love with Helen, Mia's mother. Um, however, he realized his love for his country was greater. That is so, fucking nerd. The, the synopsis like, took it. What a fucking dork, dude. dude. Yuck, man. Imagine- um, yeah. Uh, one hand, I be I can be getting ass whenever I want. <laughs> to um, patriotism, dude, fucking nerd. Also, yeah, I will say this whole sequence, this whole like when you see, um, you know, the queen and her granddaughter kind of bonding. This this was part. Of, this is kind of where I was starting to turn around on the movie. I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of sweet. Yeah, it's kind of sweet. Like there's like this little like back and forth. They're actual like two great actresses for the first time. Yeah, actually just being on the screen together. That's not true. Interrupted. That by is true. Not interrupted by anything. Nothing. Just two fantastic actresses like just killing it. Doing together. their thing. Julie Andrews and um, Anne Hathaway just being them and just having a great time. And uh, it was so much fun. I mean, besides the fact that, like, they went to the creepiest arcade ever known to man. Yeah, ever. They don't know, I don't know why that was the choice. But yeah, they no. did it. And That's then, wild to me. And then she she's basically driving this, this shit ass of a car oh, with, with her grandmother, and it starts to go in reverse for whatever reason. She's, like, trying to drive up, like, the big-ass hill yeah. or whatever. San Francisco. And San Francisco, man. Yeah. And it starts going in reverse, and they run into a trolley yeah and uh the cops show up basically immediately and they're like hey young lady you don't have a fucking license why was she driving we don't know no and she's about to get like arrested and then her grandmother's like hey you've got you've been crowned like the what was it like something the rose of genovia the rose of genovia which was kind of funny i enjoyed Um, it i'll say yeah i enjoyed it she basically gets out of like the ticket which that's the big thing. Uh, she gets out gets out of being arrested, uh, going to straight up fucking jail, by yeah. just being like, "I'm a queen." And yeah. Here's this and that also, and they're just like, "Look, oh, thank you so much." At some point in that scene, uh, someone just randomly says, "This is the girl that won the genetic lottery." Yeah. What? That's such a weird thing to say. And it was like, I think it was like a grown person. Yeah. It was like a grown person yeah. that said, This is the girl that's super fucking hot. Also, she's 15. I I, I didn't know what to do with that. I heard that too. Gary. Gary. That's such a Gary thing to do. Say it with me. Rest in peace, Gary. 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 
Rest in peace. Rest in peace, by the way, Gary. So Josh Bryant, the cute boy Mia has a crush on, asks her to go with him to the school's annual beach party because, you know, San Francisco schools. Uh, She excitedly agrees, but Michael and Lily are both hurt that she blew them off for the popular kids. Uh, Mia's mother wisely points out Josh never liked her before all the princess business, but Mia ignores this observation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Frankly, I would too. I would too. If someone who is like really attractive to me and I like just, and they only wanted to like hang out with me because I just got really cool. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's an awful, that's like an awful take on my end. But Honestly though. Me too. Yeah. This is a very truthful moment for me. Like the person that I am, that I am swooning over. Yeah. And they're just like, I've never seen you, but I've basically have never noticed you before in my life. And yeah. then I, I'm like super popular now. Yeah. And they're just like, dude, like, let's, let's, let's get it. Let's go to a beach party. Let's go to a, let's go to the fucking beach with a whole, with a whole lot of people with that all. are also super cool. Yeah. And there's music playing crazy. Um, and we're probably going to make out. I'm going to be like, uh, yeah, yeah. Every day. You know, after uh, after all the, like the the kite flying, there's so many kites on that Weird. beach. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, and the and the and then the, like the cheerleader girls, the three mean girls, for some reason, are like also playing <sighs> a song on that beach. My biggest pet peeve. Um, basically the all these the helicopter shows up and is just like, yeah. and she's like, "How'd they find me here? You're on like a public beach. Yeah, you're on a public with beach with a lot of people. That your school." throws by that the your way. school throws by the way yeah, yeah exactly like it's pretty they easy. did spot her like automatically like flashlight big old fucking jumbo light yeah just shines directly on her just very happen. interesting i don't blame her for that one so they sprint off they go into like some like shack, shack and they're about to kiss she gets caught up in net in a net and she's like i don't this is awkward and then they like run out because the, there's like all this press yeah there and so they, they sprint out of the shack and he like straight just force kisses her yeah this is like the part of the movie where it gets like there's it's very oh yeah i mean we're on we're on the same wavelength yeah right now. very yeah very essay yeah like massively like, essay like massively essay and it's not the last time this happens in the movie because then it goes in the sh Within, within like the next 30 seconds, yeah. she basically runs off. Her The three mean girls are like, hey, you, here are your clothes. Change into your clothes. I don't know why she, while she's running away, she's like, oh, I got to grab my clothes and change my clothes. But she goes into the little tent to change her clothes. And they get all the press to, to gather around the tent and then push the tent over. And, and she's, she's naked. She's naked, obviously. Barely covered in a, yeah, covered yeah. In a towel. And... All these grown, these adults yeah. with cameras from yeah. the press, professionals, yes. taking pictures of her while she's butt naked. And and it's like, just like, ha 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 ha, ha 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 ha. We got you on that one. And it's like, that's just harassment. Like, it's just harassment. That like, is like, like, that's like another level. And it's kind of like played off as, oh, Mia just made a bad mistake again. Yeah. And then, then it cuts to a meeting that um, is had between um, the queen and the princess, or soon-to-be princess, presumably. Yeah. Um, and basically, the queen shows a like a uh, like a tabloid cover, or like a newspaper cover of of 
the incident last night where there's you know she's getting kissed and like the yeah. two photos is like her getting kissed and then her naked and like the headlines like princess is a partier and she's like and the queen's like what's wrong with you and it's like it's like literally like you're just blaming her for yeah. like actual like harassment and assault yes. literally that just harassment happened. and assault this is your fault, by the way. Yeah, by the way, this is on you. You, uh, you went to a beach? She even uses the term, like, you embarrassed the family. Like, you embarrassed the country. Just bonkers. It's like, dude, she was just like a teenager on a beach and like everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Also, I have no idea on earth why, like, it's now established at this point that it doesn't make any sense why the cheerleaders hate Mia so much, but they just hate Mia. They just, at, they for just no hate reason. Mia. They literally... At one point, the the Lana girl tries to pass them off as best friends to the press, and then she does that whole shit. And it's like, which what like what are you are you trying yeah. to become friends with her? Yeah, I don't know because that's my thing too. Is like I I was watching it and I was like, oh, see, they have a they have a mutual enemy right now. They both don't like Josh. Yeah. And instead of like kind of having that moment where I thought Gary was going, he instead goes, no, 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 I got something for you. I know you want to get really uncomfortable watching this as a 24-year-old man right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tip over this, and it's going to show. Just the whole thing was just really, it, like, I was getting on a, I was starting to like the movie, which was, like, shocking. And it immediately, like, brought me right back down to, like, wow, this is, like, that's really bad writing. Like, really bad. That's really not good writing. But. Um, uh, but Mia, she does. She does get a revenge, though. She does. Um, they're oh, they're yeah. you know eating lunch outside. Why they do everything outside, I genuinely do no. not know. Oh, uh, but shout out to Jedediah who gets his like first. I his thought second it was Jeremiah, movie. but same thing. He gets his. He gets, <laughs> Jer- Jeremiah. They're they're roasting the mean girls are roasting Jeremiah outside. Coolest guy. Um, dude. So attractive. Just such just, a cool looking dude. And he's getting roasted by these girls. And this guy that's like literally like chiseled, chiseled jawline, like red choppy hair. Like punk like, rock. Like punk rock dude is just getting like roasted by these three girls and just sitting there and taking it and like getting all like nervous and like like that's not I, I've been there. A guy that looks a guy that looks like that, that's just probably not gonna happen to him. But Mia walks up and like says something, like basically a roast her. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what she said. She called her a jerk. Dude, let's fucking go. Oh, dude. Yeah. Dude, also, she gets her revenge two ways. Because she she first hits uh, Josh in the nuts with a baseball. And so that's, like, how they get revenge there. Yes. Uh, It was whatever. But this is the scene. This is the scene of all scenes. This is my numero uno, is when Lana got fucking coned. And the entire... The entire outdoor, like everyone was just waiting to turn on this bitch from day one. It was like watching a king fall from the throne and watching like a town celebrate. I mean, like she, um, but she just straight up smothers this thing, this whole ice cream into Lana's like cheerleading outfit and the entire like the entire school erupts into Lana got, got coned. Lana, Lana got, got coned. coned. I'm like, and I was even like, yeah, Lana got fucking coned. Lana got fucking coned. Dude, she dude. just got so Lana coned. Fucking devastating. Coned. It was a devastator. And like, you don't see her ever again in the movie. Yeah, you don't <laughs> see her again. Gone. And the principal's just cool with her getting like coned. Or the principal whatever. needs a lot of love. We haven't talked about her, but she does an amazing job. She does an amazing job. Does we an amazing love her job. so much. 
So upon learning she must personally and publicly announce her decision, the terrified Mia plans to run away. She is stopped when she finds a 16th birthday gift um, and a letter from her father written before his death. Touched by his words, she changes her mind and makes her way to the ball. Uh, Her car breaks down on the way, but she is saved by Joe, who arrives with a limousine. Let's go fucking Joe, our fucking boy. Love Uh, me Love fucking Joe. Um, so yeah, we're introduced at this point to the fucking diary. It only took, I wrote this, an hour and 32 minutes for it to actually, cause the entire time I was, I don't know, maybe I'm just like stupid, but I, I, the entire time I was like, where's the diary part? Dude, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. I just, I, I didn't even think about, honestly, hadn't even, didn't even notice. We watched this movie so many times. Yeah. Didn't even, didn't even notice there was a diary because I wasn't even paying attention at that point to Dude. the, like where I was like, there's, oh, that's the diary. I was like, oh, it's a book. Yeah, I just, I was like, the entire movie, I was just sitting there like, bro, why is it called The Princess Diaries? Like, why is it called, because I'm like, this makes no sense. Where, is it like written in a diary? Is it like, maybe just like, oh, it's like a, just her life story? I, I don't know. But when she hands the diary over, I'm like, okay, this is finally connecting. I don't know. But yeah, I think that the biggest part is when Joe shows up and they <laughs> hug. Dude. And she just, after that, she decides, she's like, she's like, oh, uh. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're right. You're yeah. so right. Love me some Joe. Cool. Good cup of Joe. Good cup good cup of Joe. Good cup of Joe. Slap, it, slap that Joe. Slap that Joe right in here. Slap that I'll right on it. over. Give me a I'm holding thing. a mug right now, uh, for people just listening. Holding a mug. We're gonna slap some Joe in there. Oh, ho, ho. you know what time it is. Our next segment. Slapping some Joe around. Slapping some Joe around. <laughs> just punch that, that slap that in there. Yep. Um, when they arrive, Mia makes a speech voicing her acceptance of the Genovian throne. She shares her first dance with Michael, who then takes her outside to the consulate's garden where they kiss. Clarice and Joe are seen holding hands, signifying the start of a relationship. The last scene shows Mia on the plane with her cat, whose name, by the way, is Fat Louie. Uh, Mia is writing in her diary explaining that she is moving with her mother to Genovia and that Lily and Michael will visit her during summer holiday. When Mia looks out of the plane's window, Joe welcomes her to Genovia as she sees the most beautiful royal palace and landscape below. Um, crazy that she's just writing to her mother. Like, she's telling her mom, hey, by the way, I accepted this. I'm literally in another country now. Yeah. By the way, just FYI. Just FYI, mom, um, we, <laughs> I've lived with you for 15 years. Right. Um, you're practically one of my only friends. By the way, I'm on a fucking plane, and I am going to a completely different country. Also, I am a straight-up fucking princess now. I took the cat, too. Also, I took the cat, Fat Louie. You, uh, you have zero friends now besides uh, one of my teachers. Uh, <laughs> let's yeah, let's, let's just... talk about when they're at the ball, Yeah, and she gives the speech. Honestly, dude, fucking riveting speech. I, I will, I will yeah, give this I... movie that. Yeah riveting speech like you know when she's walking up and it's like almost like silent she's she's drenched from the rain yeah and she just like delivers the speech and spoken like a true politician where it's oh, like yeah. it was like it was she has no idea what she's talking about Nothing. she basically just has some talking points that she's gonna give but she's yeah. like i'm gonna give it my all yeah and i was like honestly i'm all in uh she came she came from throwing up 
like two months ago in class from giving a speech to giving just like a, a true politician speech. And it was honestly it was beautiful. It was it was like a nice moment to tie it all together. It like showed her progression as a character. I just thought it was like I was like, okay, look at that. There was actual there was an actual character arc with yeah. one of these characters. Yeah. Thank God. Um, after that though, I mean it's the, just it's just this dance. Yeah, they're dancing, and it's it's awkward. The brother is, for some reason, there. Oh, yeah, Lily, red haired guy, that's her love interest, as we as we uh, learn to know. Um, they're awkwardly dancing. She's like, "Let's go out to uh, the garden," and he's being super awkward, just like she's just gave the speech she's a princess now and it's just this awkward guy with with uh yeah. fucking sideburns that's just like and they they kiss and her foot pops good for her i'm glad she got that yeah uh and he goes why me he get, <laughs> delivers the line exactly like this why me <laughs> and uh, wait wait, wait. can I, you deliver that again for me just for the audience uh why me <laughs> uh like shut the fuck up dorkatron you just made out Dude. Um, you just made out with a princess. Yeah. And good for her. She drops that guy's ass so quick because number two, I don't know. Yeah. But it's Chris Pine, right? Yeah. They In the second, there's this is the ending of the movie. And yeah, they, they do a second one. There's rumors of a third one being made. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever touch back on the sequel. I but really don't know. If we I really hope we don't. It might get there, though. But, um, yeah, God. apparently she just Michael no longer exists. <laughs> but all in all, <laughs> I think that all of us agree that this I, – I think that he was by far um, – actually, we're going to get in that. Oh, ho, ho. We're we actually, doing we're going to get in that. We're doing it? By the way, that was the end of the movie. We went yes. over all the reviews. So one thing we wanted to add to the show is superlatives. Uh, these superlatives include the best actor or actress in the movie – uh, the worst actor or actress in the movie, and a random superlative that we came up with ourselves. Um, with this one, um, I am going to pick my favorite actor or actress. Jack's going to pick his favorite actor or actress. He can't pick the same one. And then he will pick his least favorite actor or actress, and I'll pick my least favorite actor or actress, and then we'll just randomly give off our random superlatives. Um, so I will uh, um, start. My favorite actor or actress in this movie okay. is Joe. Shocker. Shocker. Yeah, there Fucking love shocker. that guy. Absolutely killed it. He, he did nothing wrong. Like oh, he, yeah. he played his character perfectly. Um, he was the only, like, the, the only voice of reason in this movie. Completely. Delivered beautiful lines. Um, showed up in the rain for Mia. They wrote his character to be uh, the one of the only likable characters in this movie, and that's the reason that he is my favorite uh, actor or character in this movie. You know what? That's such a solid number one pick. Um, I, if it weren't for this person, who we didn't really touch on in our, like, I mean, it's like yeah. everywhere down my notes. In watching this movie, this person's name kept popping up as just the best. Okay. Best actress, Julie Andrews. This oh, yeah. woman walked 
so Meryl Streep could run. Mm. She is the real Hollywood royalty that exists today. This woman was Mary Poppins. She was in the sound of music. She was she popping. Was, she was popping and Mary Poppins. That, that, first of all, Mary Poppins, one of my favorites, but she crushes this role. She can play the bad guy in this. Like, she can play, like, the tidy, like, like, stickler, but she can also be, like, the grandmother, and she plays that so well. They play really well off each other, I think, Anne Hathaway and her. I think her and Joe's little relationship thing, I thought that should have been a movie, frankly. Um, Also, I think... Just like if there was ever a prequel to this movie, she would have killed it in that. She was just undeniably a presence throughout the entire thing. And she was just so, she was so good. She was at times unnoticeable because she was so good. Like she just didn't stand out because everyone else who did stand out was just being awful. So she was just amazing. I love Julie Andrews. Uh, Yeah, you're welcome on the pod. Hell yeah, love dude. Julie I love Andrews. it. I love it. I love it. I do, t- completely agree. Yeah. I think she killed it. Uh, also, shout out Anne Hathaway. Yeah, big um, shout we, out. We have, we have to give a shout out. And she, she, she murdered it. Her character was yeah. just incredibly unlikable. That's why yeah, I, no. I, I, didn't, I didn't choose her. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a gimme pick to take her. And I think that's that, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. So I guess uh, you could, since this is a snake draft, Uh-oh. who is your least favorite character? character i want to leave someone for you there was a there is a least favorite character for me and uh i hated this person every time she was on screen i don't know if it's mm. just the character i don't know if it's her acting i don't know really what it was that i hated so much about her best friend lily lily the entire time she was on screen it just felt like they took someone off the street who they were like who's the whiniest caillou sounding person we can find and let's put her in this movie as like a main character yeah um, and let's have her deliver her lines similar to how um, Scooby-Doo did back in like like the Scooby-Doo gang from the 60s sounded. Um, actually, I wanted you to actually be the princess. Um, you just really hurt my feelings this time. The character was absolutely awful. Just, well, yeah. let me, I, just who the, I'm going to pick is, yeah. is her brother. Yeah, there it is. Michael, uh, we, all, we all knew this. <laughs> we all knew I was going to pick him. Um, it was just just terrible acting. I, I went I went through, uh, you know, the movies and, and things that he's been in, and it's just not much. He was just he was so bad. This I think this if it killed his acting career before it even started. Um, just nepo baby times a million. Um, terrible acting. They, the reason they chose this guy to be the love interest could have been anyone. This next movie, Chris Pine is the love interest. Compared to this guy, excuse me? That's tough. They, yeah, upgrade times Massively. a million. Yeah. I, I, times a million. His acting was awful. Um, lines were awful. No, he's awful. Yeah. So I, I, am I just jumping into the superlatives? We can just do it. like a random. Okay, I'll, I'll do a random. Yeah. I'll do my random superlative. Yeah. So yeah, this next portion, we're going to be giving out superlatives, so most likely to blank, blank for us during this movie, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and say most underutilized, or most likely to be underutilized in this movie. That doesn't make any sense. Most likely to never say a word outside of an insult award. Okay. This goes to Mandy Moore who has a crazy, illustrious career. 
she's Lana. She's the bully in this. And she's like not really a part of this movie at all. Like if you look, if you took her out of it, it's the same movie. I mean, it's the same movie. This woman was in uh, Tangled, Tangled Ever After, uh, Chasing oh, wow. Liberty. I did not know that. She was in, um, she was also in Grey's Anatomy. Um, crazy connections. <laughs> um, she was in Racing Stripes, one of my favorites. Ralph Breaks the Internet. So a lot of these like yeah, Austin Powers, Bubble Boy, a good career, that like is. a solid career. Yeah, Doctor Doolittle, <laughs> and don't forget Nomeo and Juliet. Nomeo and Juliet, honestly, solid movie. We won't get we won't get into oh, that, but boy. we massively disagree. Um, but no, she's <laughs> like she's like a singer too, and she has like kind of a nice career on her, but like seriously underutilized in this entire <laughs> yeah. thing. And I just like the entire time I was like, dude. Let her do her thing. Mm-hmm. Like, can you give her more than just like this weird song? She did. She did kill her character. There yeah, wasn't, no, there wasn't a great. single time where I was like, she doesn't know what she's doing. She yeah. definitely knew what she was fucking doing. No, she did fantastic. Yeah, I, I think I'm going with a different direction with my uh, yeah. with my random superlative. Okay. Um, most likely to uh, go on a killing spree, <sighs> and that is our girl Lily again. Oh. Um, would would genuinely believe that uh if if someone wronged her uh she would go on a killing spree i could see that happening i can see that happening i mean that that's that's such a great characterization (laughs) yep like she is like all the stereotypes of like bad mental health. Heather Matazzaro, we just hope that she's not like that in real life. Dude, we just took out <laughs> Heather Matazzaro. Uh no, Heather Matazzaro, I think I th- I think she she played that character well. The writing the what they wrote for her is really bad. <laughs> I think that my superlative was for the character Heather Matazzaro. Hey, if for some reason somehow hey, you're watching this. I just need to interrupt you real quick. It's Heather Matarazzo. We <laughs> Just botching her name. Heather Matarazzo. We are so sorry. (laughs) Heather Matarazzo. This is our first podcast. Heather. I'm so sorry. You have a great career. I bet you're an amazing person. Uh, I don't know why I'm speaking directly to Heather. She'll never watch this. I mean, frankly. Your acting is is good. It's very, very, very good. Heather, I'm also. that you had to give. Kind of crazy, kind of scary. That's the reason that I gave you that superlative. What is she, what is he, what is Heather in? Nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing of. Note. Yo, actually, by the way, Heather, get fucking wrecked. <laughs> she's. I don't know. Maybe some of these movies were like noteworthy at what. Uh, she's in another princess movie, but it doesn't even have like a picture. Okay, it's a new princess, so it's in the same year. 2001, she was all in on princess movies. On princess movies. Oh, Heather, gosh. we love you so much. So we've we've given our thoughts and yeah. feelings uh, very much so on The Princess Diaries. Um, as we all know, this is rotten to the score. So now it's time to give the score. Uh, we're both going to each give a separate score and average the two, and basically that will be the score. Yeah. So here's my scoring scale, folks. 
for those for the future. Yes. You're going to yeah, be the okay. only ones who know. Because after this, I'm not going to do this every fucking time. Okay? So for me, 100 on the scale is a life changer. You walk out of there and you're like, oh my God, I gained a piece of my life back. I feel like I understand my own daughter now. <laughs> Besides that, 90s, it's like it was everything, but it didn't change my life. 80s, it's like, oh, it's a good movie. Um, it's a great movie, but it's not like it isn't hitting that upper echelon where everything in it is like perfect. Mm-hmm. 70, it's like, oh, this is a good movie. It's a good movie. It's uh, passable. 60, you're like, okay, there are some good performances, but overall, this was not that great of a movie. Yeah. Once you start getting into the 50s, it's like, this is a bad movie. It's on the cusp of possibly being okay. 40s, it's like, there's like one person in there I like. 30s, you're like, some of it was funny sometimes. 20s and below, you're, you're talking about a movie that is like a waste of time and you'll hate for the rest of your life. Yeah. For me. So, so I wasn't, what is the score? Well, wow. This, yeah. That's, that's how now I'm excited. My score for this movie, the score for me, my first score ever, I'm giving this a 30. It deserves no more than that. I'm being generous by giving a 30. Okay. In every single way, I was upset with this movie. (laughs) Okay. Um, Damn it. So, (laughs) dude, this score is going to be really bad. Dude, no. Is it worse than mine? Uh, let's, let me just, I'm just going to give it, I'm just going to straight, yeah. straight up say it. Um, <laughs> Yo. 27. Oh, dude, this movie sucks. It's 27. <laughs> I give this movie a solid 27 for so many reasons. I had to watch this movie so many times. The first time that I saw it, I, I basically just inched my way through it. The amount of times I had to pause it and just be like, I'm going to go do something else. Um, I would pause it to scroll through my phone. Um, writing about it was, I had too much stuff to write about it. The amount of notes that I have that were yeah. just like, why, 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 yeah. why, why, why? So a what's our average here? We're giving this a solid what? We could go 28.5 28.5, yeah. I think that's a so 28.5. we've deemed this movie so rotten to the core. Um, the yep. score of this one is, it is so bad. I think it's all talking about who you were born to be and how you can never change that and how you can't run away from that. Okay. All right. And I think that's an awfully dangerous thing to be saying to young people in general. Yeah. Piggybacking off what you said where it's like basically the only way that you can be cool is if you become a princess or if one of your friends is a princess. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Like yeah. you shouldn't look the way that you normally do. You have to be fully made over. Yeah. And you have to. You have to have a makeover. You. Dude, that's like such a bad message. Yeah, I, it's, there's it's nothing not, redeeming. It's not, a, it's not a. It's not a great message. It's awful. Soundtrack is awful. Don't buy it. Jeez. Oh gosh, I love that. This is this is how we're ending this show. Yeah. This is how we're just, ending the show. So shit, we did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's this it. Is it. Well, guys, this has been. Rotten to the, the the score. I'm your host, Jack Smith. This is the other host, Drayton Williams. I'm your other host, Drayton Williams. Um, yeah, and we we are rotten to the score. I appreciate uh, whoever stayed this long to to listen to <laughs> to the show. Uh, it's honestly been a blast. It's been a journey. It's been very interesting. I've loved I loved reviewing the Princess Diaries, even though it was 
not the best of movies, I still really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed talking about it with you. Hey, I appreciate Hey, that's some friendship stuff. That right is some there. friendship. That's some friendship shit right there. Whoa. That's some friendship shit right there. French trench shit. That's some friendship shit right there. Also, shout out to my mom uh, and my dad. Shout out Jack's mom and dad. Um, <laughs> we love them so much. Uh, yeah, so we're Rotten to the Score. You can uh, subscribe to us on YouTube at Rotten to the Score Podcast, Instagram at Rotten to the Score, uh, TikTok at, at Rotten to the Score. score. Um, and then we're also going to be on all streaming platforms. So if you want to check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, go ahead, go give us a listen. Love you. Bye. <laughs> mwah, mwah, mwah. Mwah. And mwah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>